Okay, before we get started today, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Over the last several years, I have spent a lot of time working with investors just like you. Investors who have started their business, got it off the ground, got a little bit of momentum, but just don't know how to scale up from there. They don't know how to take a small business doing a deal here and there and really systemize it and scale it up in a profitable way. I have been helping people for so many years do exactly that. I did it in my own business first, and then I helped other people replicate that success in their business. And my announcement to you is that I am ready to help you do the exact same thing right now. I have developed a program that's called the Seven Figure Investor Blueprint. And it's called that because I wanna take you from wherever you are in your business right now and help you ramp it up into a seven-figure profit business. You can do this. I know you've told yourself that you wanna do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working out. But I wanna teach you things like how to market, to find the best deals, how to analyze those deals, how to negotiate with sellers and wholesalers to get the best possible deals how to get those deals funded, whether it's private funding, hard money lending, whatever. I wanna help you understand the best way for you to fund those deals, and then how to structure those deals for maximum profit. And then finally, how to build a team around you. You don't have to do everything in your business. And in fact, you shouldn't be doing everything. I don't do everything in my business and it runs really, really well. In fact, it runs better when I'm not trying to do everything. And I wanna teach you exactly how to do that. All you have to do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something that you must do in 2022 to reach your goals, go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven, sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up. I want to help you this year achieve all of your business goals, but you have to go and sign up first. It's seven, the word seven, figureinvestor.com. I cannot wait to see you inside the program. We are going to do great things this year. If I put down, hey, I'm this is a $25,000 mobile home over seven years, people would balk at it. But if mm. I said, hey, 3,000 down, 400 a month, five, seven years, people are like, yeah, let's do that. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. If you're new, welcome for the first time. I appreciate you being here. I've got a great show for you. I want to dive in very quickly here. My guest is Drew Drew White. He's a former pediatric oncology nurse uh, turned modern wealth consultant for real estate investors, business owners, and athletes. He teach people. He teaches people how to become their own bankers. He's a former, like I said, oncology nurse who graduated with $150,000 of student loan debt, which led him down the path of entrepreneurship, right? I mean, he had all this debt. He had to figure out what to do about it. And he uses real estate investing, Bitcoin, and infinite banking to achieve those goals. He has a lot of gold bombs in this one he drops for you. Please, guys, Pay attention, sit down, take some notes, get ready to be taught some stuff here because uh, Drew really brings it. So without any further delay, I give you Drew White. Hey, Drew, thanks for being on Just Start Real Estate, man. I appreciate this. 
Hey, thank you so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it too. Yeah, this is going to be fun. There's a lot of directions we can go. You've got an interesting background. And uh, to that end, if you don't mind, can we tell the audience a little bit about you, where you come from, your background, how you got involved in just like, I would really probably classify you and tell me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm way off as an entrepreneur, not necessarily a straight real estate investor, like hardcore, like you do you do real estate investing, obviously, but you have other businesses, other uh, streams of income. Is that true? Yeah, 100%. I would agree with that okay. categorization. So Perfect. Let's um, dive into how... Well, where did you start? And then how did you get involved in being an entrepreneur? Yeah. So you know, my journey really started with graduating um, nursing school, becoming a pediatric nurse, um, had $150,000 in debt, uh, more than that, really. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was, you know, I had never thought about money at all before then. I didn't really come from money. My, you know, like my dad was a pastor, so we didn't have like a big financial background and and obviously schools don't teach it. So, yeah. and I had been told everybody's going to pay back your your nursing loans. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just keep piling on the debt. You know, yeah. you'll be good. Yeah. And then I saw my, like my, I accept the job and I'm like, wait, I'm making 35,000 a year. And my dad <laughs> sits me down. He knows a little Dave Ram. So he's like, teach me what he knows. And it's like, wait a second, I'm doing the numbers. It's like half of my income is going to go if I do the Dave Ramsey way paying down my debt, you know? And so that was like really what kickstarted it. I, you know, and I'm not as big of a Dave Ramsey guy anymore, but I definitely, he kickstarted my journey. Um, And so from there, it was just like, you know, um, okay, well, you know, I, I, and then the thing with Dave Ramsey is like, I paid, I did the gazelle thing with my wife and added some of her debt too. And it's like, we got back to zero, we got to zero and we were like, well, now what, you know, like we paid off all this debt, but we yeah. don't have, we don't have anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's really what kind of like started me down this journey of like, okay, what are, how are people building wealth? What are people, you know, doing? And I, obviously everybody knows like real estate is something people have been using forever yeah. for, for building wealth. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, we can get into it as well, but I, I found my way into mobile homes because I still had a little bit of fear of debt and didn't really understand, you know, leveraging and other people's money and good debt versus bad debt. Yeah. So I yeah. was kind of scared and I was like, well, I can, you know, pay 500 bucks for this mobile home. Let me just do that, you know? And, uh, and then also found my way a little bit during that time period to the infinite banking as well. And so, yeah, I've just kind of, I, that Dave Ramsey debt part, you know, kickstarted me to, to like really hit this like entrepreneurial bug that I just didn't know existed. I love it. And and I think that uh, the mobile home flipping, I've talked to people who buy mobile home parks. I think I've spoken in eight years that I've been doing this uh, podcast, I think I've spoken once to somebody who actually flipped mobile homes. And it's been a while, so I don't remember all the details of that. But it feels like flipping mobile homes is maybe a step above or maybe very equal to like flipping motorcycles or cars, like used cars, which you can flip anything, right? But yeah. if people like the idea of real estate and everyone needs somewhere to live and all that, I get that. Like, yeah. talk to me about the mobile home flipping because I do have questions. I I don't know a lot about mobile homes, but like, yeah. for example, this would be the number one thing that would keep me from flipping mobile homes. Mobile homes are not like houses in that they have, if you're in a mobile home park, I assume that's what you're talking about, flipping mobile homes in parks. They're mm-hmm. more like cars. They have like, you know, like a pink slip, like like it's more like a registration than it is like a deed, right? So, yeah. so how, how t- explain to me like at a high level, 10,000 foot view, what are the basic steps to flipping a mobile home? And also, how do you evaluate, how do you do that valuation on a mobile home? That would freak me out too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and rightfully so. I've, and I've had people that will call me that are real estate investors in town that they've looked at mobile homes 
And I'm like, no, no, you don't, don't do it. You really do need to know kind of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on a high level, what you're really looking for, you know, it's, it's like other real estate where you're looking for a good deal, right? Um, so you're waiting for the, the right deal. You can get them for less than a thousand, you know, you can get them free as well. You don't always want the free ones. Um, yeah. And it's basically what you're going to do is it's kind of more like mobile home note investing. And yeah. so, you know, you're basically going to turn around and offer someone an opportunity to give you a down payment and then pay you monthly for five, seven years, because there's not a lot of people providing financing for mobile homes, but yeah. there's a lot of people that need financing. And so, you know, the kind of the key though, part of it is you're not going to go find something that needs full on remodel, you know, like a, like, you know, you can't do a gut, you know, you okay. don't want, and there's certain things you really don't want. Like you want to like be walking the perimeters. You don't want a lot of like if you got roofing issues, like I stayed away from those, you know? Okay. So you're looking for things that you can pretty much sell like as a handyman special is what we call it. Because yeah. if you go with, with mobile homes, it's a fine line. Like if you fix it all the way up, you're not going to get your money back, but there's a lot of mobile home people who are very handy and they want an opportunity to come in and make it their own yeah. and they don't yeah. mind that. And so you can say, you know, well, Hey, um, this is livable, but I haven't finished the carpet, you know? Yep. So I'll give you a discount for, I won't require as much down if you do the carpet, you yeah. know, yeah. um, your monthly payments will basically be the same. And so the real, the real goal financially is to get your money back. And a lot of times, and then some on that down payment. Gotcha. So then you're already positive. So I still have like a few notes, you know, for a few hundred a month and things like that coming in. Um, okay. but so, and so essentially you're just the bank, you know, you just, you tell them, you know, I'm, I'm the bank. If something goes wrong, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, lease to own with an option. And so yep. um, that's kind of, you know, a broad view of okay. it. So you're not doing repairs. And uh, so, the, okay. So how, my question is, it's, is it like a house where you're playing bank? Can you repossess it? If they, what's your, what's the recourse if they stop paying? Yeah. Yeah. You can repossess it. I never had to, I knew people who, I knew investors who did okay. um, and you can evict as well. Um, I was pretty uh, intense on my screening process because I didn't want to have to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I really had like some pretty high criteria. Um, I, I, later, as I got going, like my first probably three, I used handymen. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, <laughs> you can imagine mobile home handymen compared to regular handymen. Yeah, it's yeah. a step down. Yeah, And, uh, and I, I mean, I had one project, I went through three. And I mean, I somehow, again, made it out fine and I've got my, my, you know, down payment covered me, but I was sweating that one out. Yeah. And, uh, and I had a, you know, a, a guy, a contractor threatened me in a parking lot with my kid in the car, you know, it's like, oh my so I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do that part forever. So I started kind of getting to where I was real selective and it was like, if it was pretty much like I knew it was livable. And I, and maybe I need, I could hire like a, a better handyman or someone who's actually certified come in and maybe fix a sink or something. Right. right. And, uh, and so I started kind of doing more deals like that, where it was pretty much like ready to go. Gotcha. Um, and I just had to be a little bit more patient. And then I figured out, you know, like cheap isn't always better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how much at your peak, and it sounds like maybe you've, you've winded down, but at your peak, how yeah. many did you have? What was the most you were ever dealing with? Yeah. So, and at the end too, I, I started um, doing a lot more. I noticed I could move quicker if I actually flipped for cash. I still had, so I had, I had about 10 mm -hmm. um, and I still probably have about, you know, like three coming in on payments as well. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, I started having also, as I grew, um, I was finding certain like people that were wanting to do cash and, and really like 
you know, didn't mind doing quite a bit of cash. So I had a really good one, like at the end where this Hispanic family was in a tight spot and uh, they, in terms of their, they just had a slumlord and they needed out. Mm, And so, you know, they, they were, they were very excited about the opportunity and offered cash and for what I was asking for payments. And I said, well, let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. That's (laughs) cool. So yeah. How how do you come up with a value for a mobile home? How do you know if it's a good deal? Yeah, that's, that's a fair question. Um, you know, so it, a lot of it will depend on the park you're in. If you're doing it in a park, if you're outside of a park, totally different ball game, by sure. the way. And I had not had one outside one, okay. but I know some people who have found them and they do very well with those, Yep. but in a park, you're going to really want to evaluate the, the niceness of the park. If people want to be there, um, what it's near the location, you know? So, um, so there were some parks like I drove through and was like, eh, I'm staying out of that one, you know, and I, yeah. and I found some, you know, and you can move them too. So you could find a nice one in that park and move it. And right. actually other parks would pay you to move a home into that oh, park. Okay. Um, so that's one. So, um, but you know, it's really, it really is, there's not an exact formula. So like you would have to do, like, I started doing test ads, you know, like on Craigslist and Facebook and kind yeah. of finding out what a home might go for. Okay. And then as I got better, you know, it's, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's a little bit of a feel too. It's like, okay. okay. And, and then I would keep an eye on Facebook and see like, okay, I know this one went for 20,000 here. Um, very similar to mine. And, and then you can drive through and see what people are selling them for. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of gives you a market, but when you're selling them on payments, um, a lot of times people don't care about the total price. Yeah. You know, they care about the what is their monthly payment and how yeah. much I got to put down. Yep. So that's, that's some of it. You know, if I, if I put down, Hey, I'm, this is a $25,000 mobile home over seven years, people would balk at it. But if mm-hmm. I said, Hey, 3000 down 400 a month, five, seven years, people are like, yeah, let's do that. They yeah. don't care about that total number. That makes they care total about that sense. monthly number. That makes total sense. Is that the first thing that you got into? Was was it mobile home uh, flipping or mobile home leasing, rent to own or whatever? Was that the first area that you moved as an entrepreneur that you moved out mm-hmm. of your... Okay. And what did you do again? Did I think you said it, maybe you didn't, but did you say what you do, for, what you did full-time prior to this? Yeah. So pediatric nurse prior to that. Okay. Because yeah, um, I know you mentioned and, your your debt. I know we talked about that, but yeah. So yeah. Pediatric yeah. nurse. Uh, okay. I was a pediatric nurse. I did some day trading as well. Um, and I and I would do well at day trading, but then um I would try to, you know, quit my nursing gig and go full time. And yeah. mentally that is very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's when I was kind of like, okay, I need to have something a little bit more passive, not just, you know, do it where, and again, with, with day trading, it's like, you got to be the person there in front of the computer all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had done day trading as well. Um, but then yeah, real estate, my first venture into it was, was the mobile home uh, okay. notes and stuff. Are you still doing day trading or no, totally done? You know, I do, I do some, but I'm so, since I'm so focused on the infinite banking yeah. and uh, I, I don't right now. And then also my wife, we haven't got into it, but my wife and I are trying to find our first multifamily deal. Oh, okay. And so I just have not had the, the time to it. And I've also become a Bitcoin just holding guy. I just hold Bitcoin. Okay. And so that's, so it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've paused a little bit. I, I'll jump in some here and there, but not as much as I was. So real quick, I don't want to get into it because I don't know anything about it. It's not really my audience, but I'm just curious. Yes. When you say you're a Bitcoin coin holding guy, you mean literally Bitcoin? Like you just buy Bitcoin and hold on to it? Like that's a strategy or is there more to it? No, that's all I do. I okay. just, you know, yeah, I buy it's, Bitcoin, hold on to it. I might store it on like a high yield savings account where yeah. they give me interest, but okay. Um, but yeah, yep. So just buy it and hold it. That's interesting. I, I was watching something the other night when I was just like, you know, like just meandering through the internet and, and YouTube. And there was somebody talking, they were like interviewing these Bitcoin or like these um, crypto million, mega millionaires, young people, right? Yeah. And the question was, 
if you were talking to someone who was brand new and didn't know anything, what would your advice be? And one of those guys said, you know what? There's a lot of things you can do. It can get confusing when you're new. And it's some of it's nuanced. Uh, he said, honestly, I would tell them to buy Bitcoin. Just buy as much as you can, as often as you can. Don't think about it. Don't look back. Just keep buying it because yeah. the reality is it's probably going to go way, way up over time, right? So he's like, that's what I would do, which I thought was interesting. And you just yeah. said it. So I think that's kind of cool, especially if it's not like your focus, your your full-time focus, yeah. right? Yeah. And so many people like, obviously, I won't you know, take us on a tangent with Bitcoin, but so many people focus on the uh, the price up and down, but if you're in it, like, you know, I'm in it long-term yeah. and I just do the, you know, dollar cost averaging strategy. You know, I just buy some every day or every week at the same time. Yep. Um, I don't stress about the fluctuations, you know, and for yeah. me, it's more of like a long-term hedge against what's going on with the dollar type of situation. So, totally. so yeah, I agree. I mean, I just, you know, just buy some here and there and then just keep holding it. I don't, I don't really stress out. I'm not someone who's like, Oh no, it's down 20%. It's yeah. up, you know, 50. I don't stress out. Yeah. About it. When did you start by the way, buying? Um, I started about two years ago. I had okay. a friend give me a book called the Bitcoin standard. Okay. And on it, to be honest, I was actually like, I thought Bitcoiners were losers. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was, like, I was so harsh on them. And my friend gives me this book and it looks so boring. And I was like, Oh, I remember when he gave it to me, I was like, I have to read this. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't want to read this. Yeah. And it ended up being fascinating. As there's few, there's very few books in my life that made me take a 180 position on on something on a view <laughs> I had. And that one did. And I was like, oh, I get it. So now I'm like, anytime there's something that I immediately say, no way, that's stupid. I now like question it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, let me look at it a little uh, further. It's probably healthy. I mean, honestly, I think curious yeah. people are the ones that are most successful. Um, okay. So let, you mentioned it a few times, and I, if people don't know who are listening, what what is infinite banking? What's that term mean? You've used it a few times now. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, so you know, it's a way to basically you know create your own private, personal, or family banking system, um, you know, outside of traditional banks, and um, using specifically designed whole life insurance. Mm -hmm. And the reason being that you know you get certain benefits. Um, that, you know, I would say, I would say benefit you more than a traditional bank. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's kind of, you know, the, the broad overview of the, of infinite banking. Okay. So what's the elevator pitch of why I would put my money there as opposed to the stock market or a CD or something else? Like why, why would I choose to put my money there? Yeah. So the main the main thing I would say or the response to that is that um, inside of this inside inside of your own bank, um, you get some benefits like uninterrupted compounding interest, where you know because it's a whole life contract and you're going to do it specifically designed with a mutual insurance company. Um, when you when you use that money, you're using the insurance company's money, and they're going to put a lien on yours. So really, yours always grows at this tax free four percent guaranteed rate plus dividends. Versus when you use a CD or a savings account or whatever, um, you know, number one, you're getting in your savings, you're getting what point two, if that, yeah, that's probably generous, yeah, actually. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so, and but whenever you do that, you interrupt any compounding you had going on. Um, and so, you know, like a lot of time with real estate, you know, people ask me to like, um, so you're totally against using banks. And I'm like, no, still leverage banks money because yeah. right now interest rates are cheap. Yeah. But you, you know, you could put your deposit, your down payment in there, right? Um, or things like, you know, taxes, repairs, insurance, things like that. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of benefits that there's multiple things, but the main thing is that um, a lot of people have been taught to look at, you know, money as an either or. And so even kind of, you know, that, that question like, well, either do a CD or this or go invest in the stock market 
or this. And what we say is actually you can do both. You put it in here first, but then yeah, go put it into your real estate, go put it into investments, go put it into Bitcoin business ownership. Um, so I, I I don't ever suggest doing one or the other. I say do both. Okay. So just to be clear here, and I want to underscore this because I do know a little bit about infinite banking. And this is something yes. that took me a long time to understand. And, and stop me if I'm wrong. I don't want to put out misinformation. Yeah. But I put $100,000 into this whole life. Mm-hmm. At some point, I can borrow all or most of that money back without losing the interest accumulation, just like it was in there. So I have 100,000 in there. It's accumulating 4% guaranteed plus dividends. I pull it out to use it for real estate. It's mm-hmm. still accumulating interest, correct? Yes. Nailed it. Yep. Which is amazing. Um, like it, yeah. I, we're, we're getting interest on money that isn't even there. Correct. Yeah. So we say you get both sides of the ledger, right? You get your behavior where you're doing your real estate deals. Then you get the money that's going on that's still growing inside. Yeah. And some people kind of scoff at like, you know, oh, 4% tax-free guaranteed, great, and dividends. But what you don't see is like, you know, for example, say the stock market, you're up 20%. That's not, that's never locked in unless you sell, right? right. With this every year that gets locked in and then it just continues growing. And so, you know, we have, you, you can have a hundred thousand dollar policy like you talked about. And obviously it's, you know, this is just broad. Like it depends on, it's going to depend on some health ratings and things like that. But you put in $100,000 in year 10, you can turn around and loan yourself $130,000, $140,000. And no bank in the world is going to do that, right? They don't reward loyalty over 10 years. Yeah. You know, they're going to be like, wait, what do you want to do with your $100,000? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Where this situation is like, hey, where do you want that money and how fast do you need it? You know? Right. So rather than keeping it in the bank and saying, I have $100,000 in the bank and it's going to go in and out for real estate purchases, when it goes out, like it just isn't doing anything when it's sitting there. It's like having it in a duffel bag under your bed, right? I mean, yeah. so yeah. in here, it's like you put it in there, you might as well have it there because if you use it, it's still gaining interest, even though it's not there. So it's it's a it's an awesome concept. Um, and it really took me too long to figure it out, but I finally have figured it out. I've got some friends who are doing it and they're like, no, 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 knucklehead, listen. And I'm like, because I, I just couldn't conceive. My brain wasn't allowing me to go where it, right. where it is, is, hey, you, you put it in, you take it out, it's still gaining interest. Like it, my brain wasn't even going there because I, how do yeah. you gain interest on money that isn't there? So very, yeah, very. And it's a process, really, it is, you know, and, and it's like we said, like we've always been taught money is an either or situation. And so I, I was the same. It took me like a little bit of, I had to read the book twice and stuff, but it really, it, it, it is, a, it is a process to learn. It's not something people just like, boom. Yeah. This makes sense. Whole life. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Is it, I mean, how long has this been around? Is this something that people have known about for a long time or is it newer? Yeah. So I would say like the, the infinite banking concept itself was developed by Nelson R. Nash. Um, I can't remember the exact date that he did it. I probably need to know that, but it was it was seventies, eighties time frame. But okay. in terms of using whole life as a savings vehicle, I mean that's been going on for hundreds of years. Like Walt Disney, actually, he took a policy loan to start Disney. Um, Pampered Chef did the same thing, and then now there's you know modern day there's guys like if you look up Jim Harbaugh's contract, um, there's a huge infinite banking whole life component to it, and then Juwan Howard who's also a coach at Michigan as well for basketball, Mm -hmm. same thing. Um, But so, yeah, so Nelson created it um, actually out of a pretty desperate situation when interest rates were like somewhere near like 18% and he owed so much and just didn't know what to do. And he was like on his hands and knees praying, you know, to God for an answer. And he remembered that he had this whole life policy that he really only bought 
um, because his brother was selling it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that's, and he was like, I can use the cash value in my whole life. And he, and so then he just created this whole concept. And he was also a guy that really just um, pretty anti like the fed and just felt like they're, you know, not setting people up for success and for poverty. And so yeah. um, this was a way to kind of break free from that system as well. That's awesome. So what do you suggest to people? I know that you do some wealth consulting and, and you talk to people about this concept. What, do, what are your basic tenets? Like, what do you suggest to people when they say, listen, I'm in a job, I hate it, I'm going nowhere, I don't, I don't want to be there, I'm never going to make a lot of money. Like, what do you generally counsel people in that situation? Yeah, the first thing I know I talk with is like, what are your you know long-term goals and do you have yeah. any goals also? Because sometimes people... <clears throat> They'll complain about where they're at, right? But they don't think about where they're going. Yeah, um, you know, totally. So, so first thing is like, well, do you have any 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 goals? And then, you know, and like I I like real estate, and I actually saw a guy post this the other day. It doesn't mean everybody has to do real estate, sure. but I do think there's different things you can do to create passive income. And what are you doing, you know, to get yourself out of that situation? Because like both of my wife and I, we were nine to five people and have created different things to get out of that. And so because people can create courses, they can do all sorts of things. So I really sit down sure. and just first assess like where they're at, what are their goals and then where they yeah. want to be, you know, and yeah. um, are they someone who wants passive income, you know, cause sometimes people just, or do they even understand that? So I, yeah. you know, I restart real, I'd say real basic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't believe in like a necessarily one size fits all. I think, I do think infinite banking's for everybody, but not everybody has the open-mindedness to even learn about it or consider it. Totally. You know? Yep. Absolutely. And I, this is a question I ask a lot of my guests and I, I'm just curious because I know you're about, you're, you're about this. Do you think that, you know, have you ever talked to someone? I got two questions. Number one, have you ever talked to someone and they're like, I hate what I'm doing. I want, uh, I just want something better. And then you talk to me, you realize this person just isn't an, like they're, they're somebody who needs to be in a nine to five job because they'll never be happy and whatever. Do you think that entrepreneurs are born you think that they're made? Everybody isn't an entrepreneur. I know this personally. I've yes. seen it in my life. What do you think? Are they born? That, do you have to be born an entrepreneur in order to actually be able to have that lifestyle? Man, that is a good question. I Because I, I think I wonder that about myself personally, because like there, my, my mom tells a story about when I was a teenager that she, I would actually ask her to drop me off at the gas station to pick up some gum because okay. I would sell the pieces of gum to insecure teenagers after lunch who were worried about their breath for the oh, girls. So, so I'd sell it for like a buck a piece, you know, and I'd get the gum back then for like 50 cents. Oh, that's um, hilarious. So I realized I was more entrepreneurial than I thought, but sometimes I think they're kind of birthed too out of desperation or tough yeah. situations. Um, so I don't know if I know that they're, that they are totally just born um, yeah. because like for me, I don't, I, my brother and I talk about this cause he has, he has multiple coffee shops, very entrepreneurial. Um, and we talked about when I graduated, my goals were like, I'm going to work as a nurse and I'm going to golf all the other days, <laughs> you yeah, know, and like, yeah. that's why I, like four days off. And I, and I thought, and he said, he's like, I thought you were just going to be a nurse forever. Like, I didn't think you were going to do this yeah. and, uh, and all that you're doing now. And so I think, you know, sometimes it's, you know, out of, you know, tough situations, you kind of like realize there's more there than you thought. Um, I do think it requires like, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and the, back to your, you know, question about sometimes people who, you know, com they want, they tell you they want a different situation, but they don't maybe want to put in the work. Yeah. The other thing I noticed too, is some people it's their mindset around money, you know, and yep. they don't even examine it. They don't say like, you know, like, well, this amazing exercise someone taught me years ago was just to write down money is, 
and then just free flow, right. For five minutes. And you find out so much about your, you know, your money mindset. That's funny. Um, That's great. Yeah. I never, I never heard that. Oh, yeah. That's really yeah. Great. It was the first time I ever did. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have horrible views about money. I mean, I think the first <laughs> thing I wrote down was like money is the root of all evil. You oh know? <laughs> my gosh, that's great. So we didn't get into it, but I mean, I used to coupon. I was very scarcity. So <laughs> okay, yeah, it's funny. I yeah, I, I sort of think the same thing as you said. I I think it's born sometimes out of desperation, but to me, I think sometimes it's a it they they are an entrepreneur maybe somewhere in there, and you put them in the right environment, and maybe the right environment is desperation, right? Where they just hit rock bottom or they just really hate their job. And that entrepreneur kind of comes out of them and says, I'm taking over. We've got to fix this. And I'm sick of working every single day like this. So, or working for somebody, I should say. So I I think it can be a little bit, I I interviewed Gino Wickman uh, about a year ago, uh, Traction from the book Traction. He was writing a book or had just written a book called The Entrepreneurial Leap. And he has a concept in in there. And I said, you know, I think a lot of times, sometimes entrepreneurs are almost like piano prodigies, right? You see, you hear about this kid, just normal kid, you put him in front of a piano and he's playing like a, you know, like Mozart basically. And it's, I think sometimes people just need to have it put in front of them. They need to have the opportunity to thrive in that environment because I didn't do anything entrepreneurial as a kid. I was lazy. Like I mowed my own lawn, but I was not going to go mow other people's lawns and I didn't buy gum and sell it or baseball cards. I didn't do any of that stuff. I was in a very blue collar Midwest automotive union mentality. Like I was came from that. And so it took me a long, long time to dig the entrepreneurial spirit out of me and and have it emerge. It just took a long time. It wasn't something I thought I was ever going to do, but um, it, very interesting. So how can people get a hold of you? If they want to talk to you more about infinite banking or any of this stuff, how can they get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, I have a website, www.ibcdrew.com, which stands for infinite banking concept, drew.com. Uh, you can book a call with me on there. Um, click the button top right corner. Um, I mean, I'll give my my phone number too. It's 402-515-2692 if anybody wants to just, um, you know, call me. That's it. Now call them and just say hi. Like everyone call yeah, them. Text All the me, call tens me. Tens yeah. of thousands of people. So just yeah, call them right now. Um, no, man, that's cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's brave to put yep. your phone number on. Uh, but that's ibcdrew.com if you want to find out more or you can give them a call directly. Um, man, I really appreciate this. Thanks for coming on and being so uh, so honest and forthcoming and, and helpful. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to chat with you. Same here, man. We'll see you next time. All right, guys. Drew was awesome. Infinite banking is definitely something you should look into. It's been around for a long time and uh, it is being utilized by some of the wealthiest people in the world. So it's definitely worth checking out. Also, uh, if you're interested in mobile home flipping or uh, uh, rent to own, lease to own, uh, reach out to them. Ask them some questions. It, it might not be a horrible way for you to dip your toe in if, if uh, you know cash and finances are an issue for you. It's something you might want to check out. But uh, either way, I really hope you enjoyed this, guys. We're always just trying to find ways to bring value and t- teach you something, show you something, expose you to something that you had not heard before. So get out there and get going, though. There's no amount of education that's going to pay the bills or set you free. It's the action you take on that education. All right, we'll see you next time.